We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson... Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, because Julia, guess what I did this morning for the first time in like a while? What? Went to kickboxing class, mm. and Carl says, this is my 22nd anniversary of teaching this 6 a.m. kickboxing And class. you've been there since the beginning of time, haven't you? 21. Yeah, wow. Yeah, 21. Rocco, he's so cute. He was the only person that could oh. motivate me ever in my <laughs> life to get up at that hour because there's no reason for me to be up that early. No, there really isn't. And yeah. when we first started the show, Rocco, yes. and we didn't know who we would what we would do, what who we'd have on for guests. He was a regular. He was our rodeo cowboy. He yeah, he told us about going to rodeo uh-huh. clown school. Yeah. Okay. And no, that serious. was hysterical. And then he was kickboxing Carl once out at the fair. Yes. And then uh, <laughs> you know, now he's got like some big wig job or whatever. But he's all I've always been impressed that he's done this class. Because he's up. like a corporate America guy. Oh right. Yeah. But anyway, I just laughed about that. Twenty two years. And you know who, who Marilyn Monroe would have been ninety five years old today. Good she Lord. was still alive. Clint Eastwood just turned ninety one, and his stunt double, who's ninety two, passed away this weekend. Had oh, the same stunt no. his whole career. Oh no! Can you believe that? Wow! wow. I can't believe he's ninety one. He's ninety one, wow. and the has like rolls. a you know sixty something year old girlfriend. Right. Wow. Okay. Did you watch Mayor Vista? I did. Good <laughs> Lord. I've been kind of teary, Rocco. Yeah, because it's over? Well, well, you know, because that show was about moms and sons and children. The way it ended, we still can't tell people, but the poignant moment between friends. And the kitchen. And the kids. In the kitchen. In the kitchen. And it just, I just had tears rolling down my face, and I thought, wow, that is such a good show. And I'm so glad I didn't binge it. I'm so glad you just got one episode mm-hmm. at a time. Because mm-hmm. the episodes were 45 minutes to an hour long. I mean, they weren't short episodes. Um, and it was just, that was a wonderful show. She was so, they all were so good, I thought. Yeah, and like I said yesterday, uh, you know, all the, you know, Detective Latoyas that were trying to figure it out. I mean, I really do think that people were genuinely surprised. And that mystery part of it, people were also blown away that um, Mare's, um, the woman who's the mother of her, the grandson that she and her, you know, from her son, that 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 is Sosha Bacon. That's Kevin Bacon and Kira Sedgwick's daughter. That's right. And she's 29 and she's been acting since she was 13. So people are blown away at that. Blown away at Siobhan, the the other girl who was the daughter being Australian. And 
Julianne Nicholson, who's just so good as as the friend. It was just really great. And Kate Winslet is open to doing another season. The guy, Craig Zobel, who put it together. Craig, I mean, yep. I, I totally think that this will come back as a limited series chapter two. She was so, so there was, you know, some talk about her um, being so real. If you remember, maybe like five or five years ago now, because she was a face of L'Oreal or Lamcombe, one of them. And she, mm-hmm. in the UK, they banned um, airbrushing people in the ads. Yes. So she, your she wrinkles, was, your moles, yeah, everything And stays. she was a big part of that and said, I don't want to not look like me. Mm-hmm. And if you remember when this first came on, I said, does she really have those moles or did they put them on? Yeah. Because she has two big moles and two kind of prime spots. Yeah. And, and that she said, people can identify with me as this character. I have a belly. I, you know, don't look great. I had hair growing out. You know, I had regrowth. I wasn't always put together. And she said, that's why she thinks that so many people identified with her in this part. A lot of Emmys are going to be happening. I so even good. think Evan Peters, uh, for, you know, being the younger detective, you know, I think mm. he could get nominated. Gene mm-hmm. smart for sure. Julianne, of course, Kate Winslet, but if you haven't watched it. People. It is. It's, it's, it may be one of the most memorable roles we've ever seen. Kate Winslet. Oh, in. so for good. Sure. For sure. So, so good. And it is. The topic is something. Yeah, you know, we're, we'll we'll have to see what our next water cooler show is going to be. I'm right. Well, what is it going to be? I just finished <laughs> Bosch last night too. You know what I started? Bosch is a bingeable show because that's yep. a streaming. You need something that's going to be on ABC HBO or Showtime yeah, something or something like that. Billions must be coming back, or um, Succession should be coming back soon. You no, think? they're just filming that. Really? Yeah, they're really that one's going to be 2022. I bet before you see Succession. Oh, Lordy. Well, you know, I started watching the Kaminsky Project. Season three. Yeah. Are you guys caught up on that? Do you watch that? I gave up after the first season. Did you really? Yeah. I don't know. I, I think Casey left me on the ledge on that one. Did and he? Julia, I got to save time for my CW shows. Okay? I know. <laughs> Those I, are something you have to watch every week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm behind on all of them. I'm mm-hmm. very behind on, on just a lot of shows. But uh, no, I saw um, Michael Douglas did some late night shows last yeah, week. Yeah, he did. And, um, Kathleen Turner and I saw a clip where she plays his ex-wife and they look like they were having a blast. It's kind of fun because it's just old duffs, you know, who used to act together, who like each other and it's good dialogue. I kind of enjoy that. Yeah. So it's kind of fun. Yeah. All right. Well, so here we are Wednesday, hump day, the hump of the humps. That's right. We're going to have a beautiful weekend, you guys. It's going to be hot without the humidity, just like like Minnesota or something on the Friday, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, lovely. It sounds perfect. Um, by the way, yes. um, Billie Eilish released a new song today. Rocco was nice enough to get it for us. It's called Lost Cause, and the video is really quite fun, and it's it's Billie Eilish having a sleepover, I think. Okay. But here's the song. And that like other it? one. I yeah. think so, too, yeah. Yeah, yeah I like it. Did you guys watch her documentary? No. I didn't either. No. That's on Apple? Yeah. I, I don't know why I didn't. I meant to. I meant you, to. We, we, I listened to her talk about it a lot, and I felt like I, I experienced like it. I felt like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, now, when we come back, uh, uh, we'll just call this story, it's our story we can't get enough of, but we'll call it Spanks for the Memories. Oh, James. Thank you, Rocco. E.L. James has the final chapter in the Anastasia and Christian Grey story
came out yesterday, and uh, it is called. Remember, the first three Fifty Shades were Anastasia purring and stretching, yes. and her nipples lengthening and hardening at random oh, times. Gosh, and um, and then the last three books were from Christian, and so this is the sixth book, okay. the third part of Christian's thought. The book is called Freed. Yes, and it is. Six books, three Hollywood movies, countless thrashings in the Red Room of Pain. She has put down her throbbing pen for good, Jules. Okay, Lori, Lori, there's a memory. Because mm-hmm. um, Fifty Shades of Grey came out, I swear, in like December of 2011. Something and I like remember that. Sonia here told mm-hmm. me about it. And mm-hmm. she's like, mm-hmm. you have to. And I'm just, we were very early on. And I remember you were out one day, mm-hmm. like at the last minute. Just Donnie and I, I was having a breakdown of some sort, and mm-hmm. Ian came in. Uh-huh. And everyone who was in would come in for a couple minutes, whoever yeah. was around, and he came in and read from Fifty Shades, Shades of Grey. Oh, I remember word. Colleen had a had a weekend show yes. about Fifty yeah, this Shades. this station went crazy for it. We, oh my gosh. we were insane. Well, everyone in the world was insane for it. You well, read many, it underneath another book. Many, no, I think people were reading it out loud without shame, but many, many people, and particularly women, uh, were not used to reading about such trust-up adventuring that was written in such a carnal but corny way. Beyond. You know, and that's what it was, a carnal, corny world. Yeah, but it didn't. It was something that none of us knew really existed. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, some of us did. Well, some of us did. Some of us didn't. Like, you know, Anne Rice has written, you know, there's, Julia, I have. You knew all about this, Lori. This was a new world for me. um, I've been reading saucy stories. Yeah. For a long time. And I'm trying to think of the one, uh, the one, the Anne Rice book. Rocco, maybe you can Google it. It's about. It's not about, about vampires. No, it's it was, about it was, um, slaves, um, like uh, sex, slaves. sex slaves, and kind um, of um, old English times. Well, I read all Sleeping those Beauty Quartet. Sleeping Beauty, yes, okay, that whole series. And yeah. I remember reading that book whenever that came out, like in the mid '90s or whatever, and just. Everything tingling. I mean, I would just like every other page. It was like, wow, this is just so unbelievable. And and the, we had like Harold Sheldon or Sidney Sheldon books, yeah, but they weren't as racy. Not as racy. Right. And then, you know, then like I just started kind of buying like I realized, oh, P- Penthouse has erotic, you know, letters to the editor and they've got them in all these categories. So I just kind of like read all this stuff. So I... When you were going crazy reading this, because this was a step up from all the other romance stuff, giving much more graphic and much more um, like peeking into the like a whole thing of bondage and you know some domination and uh, and all it it had everything the sex store sales of all the handcuffs the furry handcuffs and the whips and all the different accoutrements that went on with this. This was a big deal yes and we were so mad about the casting oh well anastasia dakota johnson was ended brilliant. up being perfect mm-hmm. but yes it was supposed to be charlie hunnam he was going to be christian gray and he was coming off of sons of anarchy so he was gonna you know be the cleaned up dirty biker boy oh. but as christian gray and we were just going crazy for it and he walked away from the role 
Mm-hmm. And his career might have been different if he'd stuck with it. Who knows? But Jamie Dornan was just okay. Right. As Christian Grey. Yeah. He was kind of a disappointing... He didn't have as much take charge sexual machismo as I know I wanted. Right. No, he didn't at all. He didn't at all. But don't you remember seeing the movie? I remember yeah. we saw it with Jason and yeah. um, we were all going crazy. Yeah, we yeah, laughed. Yeah. So, oh gosh. Oh my gosh. So it was, uh, you know, something. And listen, I mean, no matter what you think, I never finished. I read a book and a half, I read the first book. I couldn't stomach her stretching and purring and the dis- corny description of her, of her lady I, parts. I want horny words. I want bitter words. No, she she didn't. Okay. The second book, I can't remember this the line, but oh, it, it went on so about good. my my inner, inner goddess. goddess. Inner, inner my inner goddess. goddess purred and stretched. Oh, and- I finished all <laughs> three of them, but that second one just dragged on. Yeah, they call she her, made a killing. They call E.L. James the mistress of mommy porn, but it basically only, only Harry Potter and J.K. Rowling have sold more books than E.L. James. Isn't that something? So the sweat-drenched passion that she did write about from her lovers and all their trussed-up adventures uh, really did become a global phenomenon. It was. It was everywhere. Mm. It was everywhere. You'd go through the airport. It was everywhere. Remember, Lori? It yeah. was such a big darn deal. And the thing, you know, the thing, the thing too, that, uh, like, here's a, like, I guess one of the things that, like, really, like, drove me uh, nuts about uh, the book is that, some of the most cheesy language ever. Like, here's one. Um, okay. <laughs> um, Rocco, did your wife read these? No, uh, okay. she's not that new. Yeah. Mm-mm. She's not that type of gal, is what you're saying. You're no. passing judgment. Yes. <laughs> right, right. But um, anyway, and like, who cares what Christian Gray's take on it? That was like so no. weird, the last three books. Sure. Which are about that. But I guess Freed begins with uh, Christian and Anastasia in a boat sheds you know as one does and they've screwed their brains out and um he's proposed marriage and she's accepted and he says come put your panties back on and let's get back to the to the party i mean you know it's just so cringy i I mean i never even saw the third movie no 50 shades freer or something i saw the first and second movie yeah so Lori, were you you didn't really get seduced but you were kind of like this she read it because she had to i compared it to other books that i'd read that were more better fantasy better written more like olympia what was that one you loved the sleeping beauty trilogy we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger 
for the ones who get it done. There's another one that you read with an O. Oh, oh the story of O. The story of O. Yeah, the story of O. But as a sex positive person, were you happy that Yes, I was happy about it because it was like, oh, maybe now all of a sudden people who've been wondering I would like my little tushy slap (laughs) would feel okay about it. It really felt like it opened up a new door to some of us who hadn't been exposed. Who hadn't been tied with scarves or something. And I believe I gave that advice. Screw Screw the handcuffs. Let's just use scarves or when in doubt. Neckties work very nicely. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. the handcuffs get tight. I have a safe word. <laughs> I mean, it was such a big deal. Yeah. So it's ten years ago, right? Wow. So, um, anyway, that's kind of a fun walk down memory lane. But it was translated into fifty-two languages. Jeez. How and- many million books sold? Well, only Harry Potter wow. is sold more. So wow, millions and millions of mill, and they called it a gravy boom. Because record number of babies were born in February 2013, about 10 months after the book came out. Wow. They called it the Graby. Um, and E.L. James, she veered off the the Christian Grey Path briefly. A couple years ago, she wrote a book called The Mister. And didn't she write it under a different name? Oh, she did write it by E.L. James. E. L. James. Yeah, I never it was read a Cornish anything. aristocrat who fell in love with his captivatingly beautiful Albanian cleaning lady. As one does. That's right. Could happen. <laughs> you never know. So she's worth um, like $200 million. Wow. Yeah, so Wow. Anyway. That's fun. I'm glad you found that too, yes. Lori. Good memories. <laughs> Good memories. All right. We'll be back after we hear from the traffic from Holly. We have a really exciting author. Yes, we do. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another fabulous edition of the Lori and Julia Book Club. We are delighted. We have Lindsay Roger Cooks with us. This is her second book, and it's our first book that we've read. It's called uh, Learning to Speak Southern. We just absolutely loved it. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, you're so welcome. So, okay, first of all, now we want to read your first book. Um, What's that called? How to Bury Your Brother. Yes, Yes. after reading um, Learning to Speak Southern. So, um, tell people the setup of the book, and then we want to know the inspiration for how you came up with this amazing story. Sure. So the setup of the book, it follows Lex, who is a linguist, and what she she's kind of hopping around to different locations teaching English when tragedy strikes her life. And in order to get out of uh, the pickle that she's in, she needs some money. So she decides to call her godmother in Memphis, Tennessee, where she's been avoiding for about five years. And her godmother says that as long as she returns to Memphis, all the bills will be paid. Everything will be great. So Lex returns to Memphis. And once there, her godmother has a little bit of a surprise up her sleeve. She says that for every day Lex stays in Memphis, she'll get a page of her late mother's diary. Oh, my gosh. How in the heck, what was your inspiration for this story? I started with Memphis. So I um, had never been to Memphis previously, but my fam- a lot of my family is from there, and I grew up kind of hearing stories. So I was interested in that. And my um, other book is also has like a brother-sister um, relationship where um, there's kind of letters that are exchanged. Mm-hmm. So I've always loved like the written word in terms of letters or diaries. Um, I'm a journal keeper myself. So 
I love this concept of uh, the mother kind of speaking through her diary, mm-hmm. even though she um, is deceased. It's it's it's, it's really, such a good good story, and you're a great writer. And I love that Memphis is like basically another character in the in the story. You'd never know that like you hadn't grown up all your life through the way you paint that picture. Oh, thank you so much. That's great to hear. Yeah, I wanted someone just to be able to take the book and walk the streets of Memphis, and I hope that uh, some people do that because mm-hmm. it's an amazing place with such a, re- a rich history. Right, and Lori's been there, and you're, she loves everything about Memphis, I and I've just, never been there. It was fun. I love just, hearing more about it. Yeah, there is something. You got to go. Yeah, I know. I also, you know, really, um, Lex, you know, you're our protagonist. I really, um, I think that, you know, you really hit the nail on the head with her as far as like that unknowing, the angst, the whatever of that 20s, maybe you've graduated from college, you know, what's next, what's expected of you. I mean, it doesn't matter maybe when you grow up, that is a passage of time that is similar for everybody, Mm -hmm. regardless of your generation. I mean, do would you agree with that? Yeah, for sure. And I think that um, I'm 29, so I'm kind of just at the end of that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the coming of age stories I read are about kind of, you know, someone in their early teen years. Mm-hmm. So um, I definitely wanted to concentrate on that uh, bit of time. And Lex is definitely, she's fairly accomplished academically and she has, you know, this passion for language but she's still kind of floundering in so many ways. Yeah, yeah, she really is. I love, I, I that love was the, fun. the linguist I things. I think that was like, so fun. Um, I was at a cabin this weekend, and I was like throwing out my little linguist things I was learning from Lex. Like we almost <laughs> used ahoy instead of hello. You know, I mean, that yeah. part was kind of fun. So was that a lot of research on your part for to, to flesh that out? For sure. I didn't know very much about linguistics at all. Um, I actually wrote the whole book and I did so much research on linguistics um, and different languages, kind of deciding which languages she was going to speak. And then I worked with a master's student in linguistics at the University of Memphis to fact check everything to make sure that I had everything right. It was, that was different. I've never seen that in a book like, you know, like yeah. you did it. It was really fun. Well, it really made Lex feel like, you know, kind of even like how her how she processed things. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I kind of wanted to have her every time she was in an emotional moment, she kind of returns to um, these little facts about about words. It's almost like a nervous tick sort of. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, the book. uh how to bury, or excuse me, how, learning to speak Southern, you know, deals with the a whole complicated process of grieving about grieving someone. And then very often we do find out things after someone has Passed. died mm-hmm. about the life they led or, or things that we didn't know. And we were just like, oh, I really thought it was completely different. Right, exactly. And um, if you like that concept, How to Bury Your Brother, my first book delves into that as well, where there's um, a dead family member at the beginning, and a lot of it is to kind of mashing what you're learning um, Mm -hmm. with what you knew about that person when they're living. And um, I think, you know, family is so interesting. We only see kind of one slice of a person, even if we think we know them so well. So there's, there's still more to discover. Yeah. We find that out every day. Lori and I are um, sister-in-laws. 
Okay. Yeah. And, and so are you still uh, discovering things about one another? We, yes. We've been, yeah, we've yes. worked together for 30 years and she married my brother seven years into our friendship. And it's kind of amazing how it keeps evolving and finding out new things about each, each other. Um, your book is, you know, you're really young. And so this is your second book already. And your book birthday was yesterday, right? For this book? Yes. Mm-hmm. That I, was published day. Are you tell us what that feels like to have your second book published and COVID's over? So I bet you can go on book tour again. Yeah, I think we're still kind of slowly ramping up. So I did do a virtual event last night, and then I have another virtual event on June eighth with Foxtail Bookshop, and I would love any of your listeners to join. Uh, but my first book also launched in May last year, so right oh. at the height of the pandemic. Oh. So I'm kind of a double double pandemic books now. Wow. Are you, are you writing another one right away? I think I, I might take a little break and work on some short stories mm-hmm. um, before I delve into another novel. But um, I do have a day job as a journalist at the New York times. And I've been actually covering the coronavirus for a year. Oh, so my gosh, it's been hurt. a little bit difficult to <laughs> work in uh, book writing with that the last year. I mean, I, that's really impressive no that your kidding. book comes out last May, right? As everything's happening. And then your second book is out and then you write for the New York times. I'm, you, it was it just COVID that you've covered the last year or, or, or what else do you cover? Just COVID just for the COVID. last year. So my background is in data and graphics. So I actually worked on the coronavirus maps where we tracked the rates of the virus. If you've ever I lo- we looked, looked at, at one it of those every day. anxiety. Every <laughs> day. We looked at that every day because it was like the New York that Times. You, that you guys had the best one. Yep, I worked on that. Oh, that's crazy. Where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in Georgia. So my first book is set in Georgia, where I grew up. I went to University of Georgia. Okay. Um, and right now I live in Hoboken, New Jersey. And I love the name of that town. I know. It's, I know, it's always fun to hear. And Lindsay, have either of your books, either this one, Learning to Speak Southern or How to Bury Your Brother, do you want either of them to be optioned by like Reese Witherspoon or have they already? Oh my gosh, I would love that to happen. If anyone has a direct line to Reese Witherspoon, please, oh, please let me know. Or, pretends to. or I'm thinking of the guy who just directed Mayor of Easttown. I feel like he'd do a pretty good job with with your book. Did you yeah, watch I that went show? through my first book and tried to figure out, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I tried to figure out who would uh, play all the main characters, but I haven't decided for this book, who do you think should play Lex? in the oh. movie interpretation. You know, I almost think for Lex, I want it to be someone that we don't know that's new. Right. You know, or that mm-hmm. is that it was like maybe maybe one of the girls that I'm loving in my CW show, Chris oh, Summer. Honest to Pete. <laughs> honest to Pete. I work with the world's young oldest uh, teenager. Uh, Lindsay, Lori's mm-hmm. in love with the CW. You know, I would have to ask you something. So is being a published author, did you ever have, like when you started out, expectations of what you wanted to be like, or was there another author whose path you wanted to follow? Did that ever come into your mind, or was it just, I want to get published? Um, Well, when I started writing my first book, I actually didn't really think about getting published. I was just trying to finish the book and (laughs) waiting for that accomplishment and just kind of typing the end, I guess. Um, and then I did end up getting it published. Um, 
I mean, I will say that being kind of from the South, I've always looked up to Pat Conroy. Oh, mm-hmm. sure. Um, as well as so many other Southern authors and authors in general. But um, yeah, I just, I would love, I want readers to read my books. So yeah. I've been like one person that I'm trying to emulate, I guess. Yeah. Well, we recommend mm-hmm. learning to speak Southern. Where's the best place for people to follow you Do on your Facebook? I know on Twitter, you're Linz, L-I-N-D-Z Cook. Do you like Facebook yeah. or where's the best place? Uh, these days I'm mostly on Facebook, which okay. is the same. It's L-I-N-D-Z Cook okay. or Instagram. Or okay. you can also go to lindsayrogerscook.com. Okay. Well, lindsayrogerscook.com, before we let you go, what's the last great book you read? Uh, I just read Detransition Baby, and I loved it. Okay, what is it again? Detransition Baby. Oh, I, we have not heard about it's that. It's by um, Tori Peters. All right. We're writing it. I'm writing it down. That's why we're not talking right now. We're going to check it we're out. We're going to check it out. <laughs> yeah, check it out. Thanks so much, Lindsay. The book is Learning to Speak Southern. Best of luck to you. We hope to have you on for your next book, Lindsay Rogers Cook. Okay, everybody. Julia's looking up the book that our author just told us to check out the transition, yep. baby. Yes. And I think we have winners already, don't we, Rocco? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I send it to you, Deborah, oh, okay. and um, I've already forgotten. Yeah. Check your email. There, were, right, there, there were two winners. All right. Yeah, I, I read this book when I was up north this weekend. Renee, we got a cool name, Renee yes. and Deborah. Mm-hmm. Renee and Deborah, congratulations. Okay, so uh, I was very interested this morning to see, first of all, I wanted to, I was interested to read Patrick Racy's column in the Star Tribune about Naomi Osaka. Yes. I was interested to see, you know, what the morning program uh, were going to be. And Royce really had a had a great, great uh, column uh, about it. Um, basically, the headline was, there's room for exceptions, but the media must ask tough questions. But it's very thoughtful. He's just such a, he's so he is, good. He is, it is such a good article. He's yeah. so and good. And the perspective that he has, and he admits, you know, hey, I know I'm a 75-year-old, but he does bring up just some stuff that, because um, uh, I, I heard Jason this morning talking about, like, he was actually wondering what difference it would make if anyone comes back in the media room. And I was like, Huge. hello, it's not any different than a television or movie, movie thing. You know, when people are, we want, we, we want to hear their insight. And we want to talk yes. to them and all of that. So it doesn't matter if it's sports, sports or not. Sports or entertainment of a different level. Yeah. It's all entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> well, but people do want to, you know, that's, that's how you, tell the stories however it might end up coming out but anyway uh, all the morning shows did have it even uh extra entertainment tonight access hollywood the story is really turned big because so many people were weighing in on it and i think you know i think always at the end of it all i just think of naomi winning her first big tournament at 18, beating her idol Serena and getting booed. It was a, it was that towel. was an unbelievable night. And she said in her like third statement on this that she has struggled with depression since that win. Yeah, I know it was. Yeah. So here's the Today okay. Show. Tennis superstar Naomi Osaka is back at home, arriving in Los Angeles one day after pulling out of the French Open. The organizers of the Grand Slam tournaments now reaching out to Osaka, offering support. 
Mental health is a very challenging issue. Their statement says it is both complex and personal, as what affects one individual does not necessarily affect another. The four-time Grand Slam winner and highest-paid female athlete in the world publicly shared her struggles with mental health. Announcing her withdrawal, the 23-year-old wrote she had suffered long bouts of depression since winning the U.S. Open in 2018. After boycotting the media in Paris, French Open organizers gave Osaka a stern warning, threatening to kick her out and handing down a $15,000 fine. Veteran tennis coach to the greats Gabe Jaramillo says prepping his students off the court is vital. When I see that a player has talent and potential, from the very early age, I start training him uh, to you be in front of the camera, to be in front of public, because it's not only about hitting a forehand or a backhand. But American tennis star Coco Goff says she knows other players have also struggled. I hope as a tour that we can find ways to help her and help players going through situations like her. More than a third of elite athletes report dealing with depression or anxiety. Kevin Love got candid after a panic attack during an NBA game and Michael Phelps battled post-Olympic depression. Mental health experts say athletes often face unfair expectations. We equate success with health, right? If somebody is successful, that automatically means that they are healthy and they can, that they can manage this moment. The Grand Slam tournaments say they will continue to improve the player's experience and look forward to welcoming Osaka back to the court when she's ready. So, Molly, we've got Wimbledon coming up in a couple of weeks. We've got the Olympics a little later in the summertime. So what's the story? Do you think Naomi will play? Yeah, that's the big question, Hood, and it's a big couple of months, of course. No indication yet that she's necessarily going to skip those tournaments. Also, no indication, though, that the rules are going to change uh, to what she actually wants to see later this summer. My God, the tennis organization oh, really screwed up on that one. They did. They? I think mm-hmm. the whole, the way it was handled from her team yeah, yeah. initially, that she didn't reach out to them and say, this is what's going on. Can we come up with a different solution so it's not this big deal? Or even if she hadn't said anything yeah. at all. Yeah. And just taking the fine. It starts a conversation, though. Yeah, it's I definitely know. started up a massive conversation. Well, it certainly did. And I don't know when this uh, audio is from... Uh, Venus? It's from Venus. Yesterday. Was she, it lost, just yesterday? she lost in the first round. Yeah. Okay, well, this is uh, Venus as to how she personally deals with uh, criticism. And I just say, go ahead and put this soundbite in the Louvre. <laughs> For me personally, how I quote, how I deal with it was that I know every single person asking me a question can't play as well as I can and never will. So (laughs) no matter what you say or what you write, you'll never light a candle to me. So that's how I deal with it. Um, But each person deals with it differently. She was kind of, that was kind of, yeah, that was just hello. Yeah. So good. So perfect. I know that they can't, you know, I mean, that is like that somebody probably told her that and like remember this remember right. this remember this so as to not take it personally exactly you know exactly. and that's how i i like that she shared that and i was just like oh damn that's good go ahead yeah and i wonder i hope she comes back for wimbledon and you know i she's such a good tennis player i love watching her and i think for fans of tennis big fans of tennis mm-hmm. who like to watch her and who like to watch that sport, if it if you like baseball, if you like football, whatever your thing is that you like watching or beauty or whatever, you want to hear from the people. I want to hear her story. I want to hear her process. I mm-hmm. want to hear what she went through to train and, you know, what what challenges she had. I want to know that. Well, he, it gets me more engaged. And that's basically, you know, Royce says some of that, but he said, he writes, um, he said, um, 
he gave us an exact analogy. He just said, you know, you just, he said there are two kinds of guys in covering baseball, the stand-up guys and the players that hide. 30 years later, bring up Lonnie Smith to any ancient sports writer that covered the 91 World Series and the likely responses he hid. Be- meaning he didn't come in the clubhouse and explain how he got suckered into stopping at second base, preventing an Atlanta run that would have won game seven in nine innings. And he said the decision by the French and other Grand Slam events to push the 20-year-old star into a decision to withdraw before a second-round match is a disaster for the sports media. We will be the villains in this, not the tennis decision-makers. Right, and that, right. that is true. Mm-hmm. And, and talking about how this has become such a tabloid story. Oh, I mean, she gets followed she, unbelievable. She really does. And that is where, you know, the Tennis Association, you know... Do, does someone from the Daily Mirror and the Sun and the da- some of the tabloid European things, do they really belong in the presser? I don't know. Do they only just do, like, Pierce Morgan, don't ever give that guy a press pass <laughs> to ask anybody a question. <laughs> no, he ripped her. I know, everyone I mean, did. basically, he was just like, I don't even believe you. She just doesn't want to ask questions. You know, just completely dismissing, you know, the very, they're, listen, no playbook for this. Um, you know, and to be that age, that young, it's a lot of pressure, you mm-hmm. know, and some people are good. They they can roll with it and other people can't. And it's, you're, it's just luck of the draw whether or not you can. Right. You and know? like that guy said, once he finds talent, he starts t- teaching them media yeah, training. Right. Because it's going to be a part of the gig. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All right. This is Lori and Julia. This is My Talk 107.1. And we are going to be right back after this quick break.